1: want to say thank you to the Iowa pork producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa pork industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this. Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production. And more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family-owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Pour one more beer for me.
0: Exile
1: needs quality so savagely that spirit had so much fun doing the recruiting podcast, we actually forgot to talk about a few other things, Rob. Let's start with football. Back on Wednesday, Kirk Ferentz met with the media. That was preceded the day earlier by Phil Parker and Brian Ferentz, the defensive and offensive coordinators for Iowa. Let's get a few news things out of the way um, from from what Kirk talked about in his press conference, which is where most of the news was. A couple of suspensions for the bowl game, uh, a few surprises there. Uh, since you're the news guy, I'll let you go ahead and, and lead into it.
2: Yeah, you did. You kind of you shot some energy into me in that recruiting podcast. I feel like I've gotten my second win now. <laughs> <laughs> Little
1: do you all know we just pushed stop, and now we're recording this one running it back. It's a day later for you, but it's like one minute later for us. So 55 minutes, and let's do it again.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the Brandon Snyder one we knew, and he wasn't going to play in the bowl game anyway, but uh, he, got, he got the OWI arrest. Uh I don't remember was that last week or the week before yeah. earlier this month. Um and uh Kirk you could tell was not happy um today and he's been suspended from all team activities uh through the bowl game. They're gonna revisit it in January when they start up again, uh, you know, for off season conditioning. Um it sounds like they've had some conversations, so hopefully that's moving in the right direction. But I, I would imagine that that Brandon Kirk mentioned that he's a team leader and he, does, you know, he expects more from the team leaders than that. I would imagine Brandon will have some things that he needs to do to get himself back in the good graces of the coaching staff, um, and rightfully so. It was a dumb thing to do, and uh, we all make mistakes. He just has to learn from it. But one that was. Uh, I, I hadn't heard about it. Um, I'm, and I don't hear everything, but I hear a lot of things. Uh, Alaric Jackson, the, uh, starting left tackle, uh, who started all 12 games, the only offensive lineman that started all 12 games at the same position this year will travel to the bowl game, but be out of the bowl game and not dress, uh, for, uh, undisclosed violation of team rules. Not sure what that is. Um, but, uh, so he, he will be out and then, Miles Taylor, uh, senior safety, uh, had a surgery, and he's out. And then we talked about Tokes Tokes and Ken Rabadi in the the recruiting podcast a little bit. He's also out after having a a procedure done uh, recently in the last week or so.
1: I mean, the Alaric Jackson thing, that is pretty amazing that that has stayed under wraps is something as significant as that. You're talking about your left tackle. Uh, going into a bowl game. And, you know, it sounds like from Kirk's press conference, and you were there, Tristan Werfs is going to move over from right tackle to left tackle. And I've kind of felt like Werfs might wind up being a better left tackle than he is a right tackle. But Alaric Jackson had a really good year as a freshman left tackle. That's a big deal,
2: figuratively and literally. And Boston colleges, they've got a couple. I... Haven't dug in, you know, deep yet. I'm, I'm going to do that the next couple of days and writing my preview, uh, which will, um, we will publish on, uh, Saturday, December 23rd, uh, our, our preview prediction for, for the Boston College, uh, Iowa Pinstripe Bowl. Um, but yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, he's been out there though the the whole season and kind of I think he's gotten better as the season's gone on and um you know it's that's a big deal to miss a bowl game as a freshman your first year. So um I I think it was Scott Docterman at the press conference that that tried to get Kirk <laughs> to reveal what he did and Kirk was like good luck trying to find it it was an in-house thing. So it was definitely a violation of something team-wise. I'm not sure it had to be something significant I would think to get, you know, to be suspended for a bowl game. Um so um who knows? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate speculate on what it may be, but you know when the uh the twins from northwest Iowa, Landon and Levi Paulson, got here. They came with a lot of recruiting uh, hype. People were really excited about them. Levi Paulson will move into Tristan Wirth's right tackle spot for this bowl game, uh, redshirt sophomore. So it's as, as unfortunate it is as it is that Jackson will be out, I'm sure the coaches want to get a look. at 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 Levi Paulson in, in a real game situation to see what they have there next year because they still need to kind of build depth on that offensive line. I think we saw that this year with so many guys going down.
1: You know, Tim Polasek, offensive line coach for Iowa, he's a pretty uh, spicy guy. Maybe uh, Larry Jackson had enough of him and cold-cocked him on the practice field. (laughs) I'm making that up. I have no idea. Don't go running with that.
2: Oh, it'll get out there. I'm sure the rumors are – I haven't been on the board since I posted it over there, but I'm sure people are coming up with uh, reasons for him not. My brother's uncle's cousin told me this is what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, uh,
2: no doubt about
1: that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, again, you know, Tristan Wirth, I, I he's got good feet. Uh, he learned a lot this year as well. Learned by, uh, learned by trial and error at times. And I think Levi Paulson's actually started one game before, hasn't he?
2: inside yeah I think at right tackle maybe last year when Sean Welsh was out Uh, and I'm I'm, I might be reaching there but it was something in that regard where there was an injury and he played a game
1: yeah any other um, news related items I mean Josh Jackson uh, the day before you spoke with him he says he's 50-50 on whether or not he's going to go pro or come back going to make the announcement after the game I just you know obviously I'll take him at his word that he's undecided still but I I'll be very surprised if he comes back. Although I was very surprised that Desmond King came
2: back. Yeah, I'm. I think you're right. I think he's going to go, but it would not shock me to see him come back. I think you know, just watching him. We got a chance to watch him at practice a little bit the other day, and just he's he. I think he really enjoys playing college football, but. As you said, you know, when it comes down to it and somebody says to you, "Hey kid, you you got a really good chance to be a first pent round pick with guaranteed money in a game where guys what's the average NFL career, 3 years or something like that?" You got to take it. You got to go if if you feel like uh, you know, the the money is there and you have a chance. It's life-changing money and it's tough to, te- you know, to tell a kid not to do that.
1: Right, There's no doubt it's really tough, especially considering all the first-round grades I've seen from mock drafts. And I'm not a big NFL draft guy other than as it relates to Iowa players. That's really the only reason why I care about the NFL draft. But um, what I've, what I've ser- researched and, and seen, it looks like he's a uh, – a first-round grade or certainly no worse than a second-round grade. Now, that's before we get to the underwear Olympics uh, at the NFL Combine
2: yeah. in Indianapolis. Uh, Brian Farron, go ahead. He's going to test well, John, from, from everything I've heard. he's He's got all the measurables. So, Well, if you've
1: got the measurables and you've got the tape, you're a first-rounder. If you've got the tape, like Desmond King did, but your measurables aren't, you know, as great, then you fall to the third or fourth round or fifth, whatever round he fifth fell to uh, in the draft. That's what happens there. Um, any other items from Kirk's press conference you want to bring up? Um,
2: trying to think. No, I think we hit on all, yeah. all that. We've Got some practice notes from yesterday, from Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I mean, before you go into that, you know, Brian Ferentz. Kind of, you know, did a little self assessment, uh, on yeah. Tuesday and I think it was, or Monday rather, and was, I think, very open and honest. And I mean, it's, it's probably not, we all have, we all report to somebody and we all are criticized at times, especially those of you that are married. Um, but, <laughs> you know, an offensive coordinator, it would be very difficult for me to do that. If if I had the skill set, it would be very difficult for me to handle um, the criticisms that come from people that don't have any freaking idea of what they're talking about as it relates to your job. And, you know, I wasn't in the room. You were. But the times that Brian has spoken this year publicly, you know, there, he's been, he was humble. He was humble Monday. That, that would be the one word I would use from what I heard. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's his nature. Um, I did. You think Brian's him.
1: nature is humble?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I at least publicly. I mean, I don't okay, know him publicly. well. I mean, I've known him, you know, since he was in high school. I think but he's
1: no, very I, confident, but I think he says the right things publicly. I have no problem with yeah. any of that.
2: Confident, and humble. I think you know publicly, and I think that. I mean. Some of Kirk's got to rub off on him. Maybe he – I'm sure he's got, you know, some of both of his parents. And it was weird on Monday. I was seeing a lot of gestures and, and facial expressions that reminded me of Kirk. It was kind of weird <laughs> when Kirk – because, oh, you know, you and I were both here when Kirk first got here. Right. and you know, He was well, – what was he early 40s at that time yeah 44 46 somewhere there and brian's probably you know mid get, you know mid to late 30s now right. so that that age thing is getting closer but um i dig i digress i i i found brian to be a little bit more um edgy the other day um you know just in terms of um the way he responded to questions not not that he's you know feeling pressure or any of that stuff i just feel like like you were saying with with the the criticism that has built up over this season and I'm sure he's heard a lot of it I'm sure there's got to be at least a part of him that resents that the fans and the media you know lay at his feet what's going wrong and and I you know we've covered this program enough to know that he's working inside in inside the um philosophy of his father And that's going to take some time for him to figure out how what he wants to do fits into the parameters of what Kirk wants. And I think overall this year, he's done a pretty good job. Certainly he would, he, there are things that he would like to change. And if he could go back and change, he would. Um, but that's part of the learning process. And I think it'd be tough to just say, uh, this guy can't do this job after one year because he did, you have the Ohio State and Nebraska games to name two, the Ohio and the Iowa State games where he, he pushed a lot of the right buttons. So it's there. I just think there needs to be a little bit of patience. He certainly is going to need to take some steps forward and have some more consistency next year, uh, with a quarterback that's coming back and, And um, also some offense, you know, a a pretty experienced offensive line.
0: Sports have been in the news lately, and not necessarily because of the outcome of the game. Truth is, sports have always been about more than the game. Playing sports was the first time many of us ever learned what it was like to work as a team, or the first time we unlocked that competitive spirit. Listening to and watching sports triggered our imagination of what it'd be like to be a part of the starting lineup, playing alongside our heroes, or we made memories with our dad, siblings, and friends. Being a fan, especially. It's a bond you have, not just with the people you watch with, but with the team you follow, too. So when you fly that team's flag on Saturdays or Sundays, or walk by the wall banner in your basement or office, or see another flag flying around town of your team's rival, we know it's more than just a flag. It's an emotion. It's a memory. It's your fandom manifested. And if you don't have a flag to fly, well, let us help you with that. Heartland Flag Poles and Flags has nearly every flag from every team from every sport. If you're in central Iowa, shop our store at 3719 Southwest 9th in Des Moines. Or shop us anywhere in the world, heartlandflags.com.
1: Well, that's, that's the point that I made, um, on the Ken Miller show in Des Moines on Tuesday of this week is that, yeah, Brian was in his first year as coordinator. No question he was going to make some mistakes and learn from them, but he's also a first year quarter coordinator with a first year quarterback. Uh, a number of, you know, new faces, first year starter at left tackle, first year starter at right tackle, and they're both freshmen, et cetera. Um, aside from Matt Vandenberg, mostly first year Iowa players at the receiver positions. And, you know, Noah Fant got you know his feet wet a little bit last year, but this is his first year as a starter, and it was T.J. Hawkins' first year in the field. It's a lot of first-year combinations that add up to probably a lot of lack of execution along the way and inconsistency, and that's exactly what we saw. So it's not all at Brian's feet at all.
2: No, and I, I think if people thought that he was just going to come in and it was going to be like an offensive explosion his first year, I think that's just naive or just not living in reality. Um, right. And you would exp- – that said, I mean, you get that mulligan, you get that developmental time or, or you know, for at least in my mind, before I'm going to pass judgment on you, um, although I probably did it right after the first year on Greg Davis and – that turned out to be, I think a lot of people jumped on that, but we don't know what this is going to turn out to be. You know, Greg Davis was kind of, you know, set in his ways and had experience uh, doing what he was doing. Brian doesn't have that experience. And I still want to believe that if there's a guy out there, John, that can figure out how to work, um, his, his ideas and maybe some progressive thoughts, into what Kirk does. It's his son. I'm going to stick to that until I'm proven, you know, to be totally wrong. Nope. Totally agree with you. Um,
1: I, you know, Boston College, you, you mentioned you're going to come out with your prediction in a few days, so I don't want you to go there. But, you know, it, it, with Dace and I went through our bowl prediction, I, I confidence points, I only put one on the Iowa-BC game because all year long I didn't know what the heck Iowa was going to do from game to game, so I'm not going to change it now. With the Alaric Jackson news right now, if I could go back and change my pick, I mean, I picked Iowa, I think, to on one point. I, I would take I would take B.C. to win straight up. I I think that that's a – Iowa already didn't have enough margin for error. But I think it's going to be a close game either way.
2: Yeah, not to get – like you said, not to dive too much into it. But I think the good thing, John, is Boston College is a lot like Iowa in the sense that you know what's coming. They don't do a lot of fancy stuff. They don't do a lot of – you know, they're not a big blitz team. They're not a lot the guys that, you know, they're not they're not stunting a lot on the defensive line. They're not doing a lot of fancy stuff on offense. Um, but that said, um, you know, that they're a good team that that's beaten some good teams this year. So um Iowa not being at full strength is certainly a concern. Any other thing else
1: on football we should discuss? I think we're
2: good there. Um Yeah, I was looking at some notes the notebook that I uh uh, just to get people caught up, uh, some injury. Cole Banwart was on crutches. Uh, he's one of the second, third team center somewhere in there. Amani Jones, who Phil Parker talked about, um, you know, as somebody who's really had a good December. Um, the linebacker, um, probably going to be in the mix, uh, both at, at, middle and at will next year, uh, in terms of a starting position, uh, was on the exercise bike and not dressed for practice yesterday. Um, Gursandi, uh, um, the backup punter or starting punter, Ryan Gersande also, uh, wasn't working out. He was on the bike. Um so some guys there that uh and then Nick Easley and Michael Ojemudia uh were wearing red non-contact jerseys so if you're uh if you're wanting to change your pick in the bowl game John that's some information for you or if you were looking to get to the the windows in Vegas uh some some injury news there for you uh, <laughs> also uh we have talked about this on, on the site, and it's kind of been out there uh, about Iowa's backup quarterbacks possibly moving on. Uh, Tyler Wiggers graduated this past weekend. Ryan Boyle will graduate in May. Both of those guys were working out at practice and looked to be second and third team, so nothing has really changed there at this point. Uh, Max Cooper and Matt Vandenberg were returning punts in practice. It looked like Cooper was the guy that was working ahead. Um, And and so I wouldn't be surprised to see him back there. I know that's been an area, uh, a sore spot for Iowa this season. So maybe they're giving him a chance to to do that in a bowl game and hopefully get him ready for next year at that position.
1: All right, just transitioning over to basketball. Um, You know, Iowa's had a couple of good games in a row against Drake in southern Utah. On Friday they will play against Colorado in Sioux Falls, a neutral court game. You know, they've looked better, Rob. I mean, Luca Garza is fantastic against teams that are not, you know, high, high major D1 teams. I think he scored a total of 18 points combined against Virginia Tech, Penn State, Indiana, and Iowa State. And, you know, he's had probably close to over 50 points in his, his last, uh, last three games. So, and Tyler Cook's very aggressive. I mean, all, all the things that we've been talking about all along, been there, and the concern is still a concern. You know, they're they're a guard or two short. Although I have liked the development I've seen thus far this season of Macy Daly, he's somebody whose upside I think is uh, considerable. Um, Connor uh, McCaffrey is trying to get his legs back under him. He's not going to be an offensive threat for this team at all, but he can give Jordan Bohannon a breather. Bohannon hasn't seen himself yet thus far this season. But um, what are you? What have been some of your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I share your observations as well. Um, I think Luca just needs to. I, I think. He came in with a lot of confidence and I think that was rattled a little bit, especially in that trip to the Cayman Islands where he was, you know, really hit some speed bumps there. Um, hopefully this stretch gives him confidence back again. Um, I still see it there. I still think that the potential's there. It's just he's got to get consistency and that's not always easy for a freshman. Um, you know, he's got to be able to put a bad play behind him, um, you know, or a bad series of play behind him. And move on. And I think he still carries those with him, uh, you know, down, uh, to, you know, further down into the game moving forward. So that's something he'll learn. Um, I'm with you. I think Macy Daly is a guy who just keeps getting more confident. And I'm really impressed with, with how he's developed. Um, he's really, I think he's, a, he's now become a really important part of this team. And, uh, um i I think there's even more room to grow there as a you know as a six seven wing that can shoot it pretty consistently I think once teams start pushing out on him and at the three-point line, because he's shown the ability to hit that, I think you're going to be able to see a, a you know a mid-range game and the ability to get to the basket because he's pretty explosive going to the rim. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing that you know that progression with him as well. I think Jack is really getting better. Um, you know, among the group of freshmen, I I'm think not he, surprised. <laughs> I think he's been the most consistent and is really um just his skill set I think is tough for teams to match up with um if if we could somehow get uh, you know teams uh, the uh, Iowa's opponents for the rest of the season to play defense like Southern Utah and not double the post, I think Iowa's going to the NCAA tournament. I think they 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 may have a chance to run the table if, <laughs> if they're able to get the ball into the post as easy as they were on on Tuesday night. Um, that I do not, I still don't understand what the heck S- Southern Utah's strategy was there to not double Tyler Cook. It was just, I think he there were a few times, John, where I looked at Tyler's face and I think he was surprised. He was waiting for a double team to come and it never came.
1: yeah I think that and I tweeted about that and, and I said that it will be interesting to see how many big ten teams make that mistake because when cook sees a one-on- one he is just he's the most aggressive half court set player as a big I was had in my lifetime and you know people well what about what about Thunderdog? he well he dunked well in transition and he was aggressive he just is, didn't have the ball skills and overall individual skill package that Tyler Cook has Cook just when cook turns, he doesn't even see who's guarding him. He just sees the rim.
2: And how am I going to get there? And it's his explosion, his ability to get off the floor. It's just, it's, it's, it's certainly something that you don't see come through here very often. And, um, I like the way the zone's developing, John, on defense as well. It's, it, it, Fran, I think finally gave in and we've talked about it on this podcast throughout the, the fall and into the early part of the season. I think he's given in a little bit. I think he knows he needs that defense now. He played it a lot against Drake. I would say probably 75% of the, the time against Drake, a team that shoots the three well. And I thought they were much more active in it. And I think Nicholas Bear, um, brings that energy, not only all in all aspects of the game, but makes them especially active in that zone defense.
1: Yep, and if you're going to play the zone, you got to practice the zone, and you can't be one or the other. I mean, Dr. Tom's team's They were zone. They didn't dabble much in man because he played full court pressure a lot, and he played zone to help save him. Yeah, you give some things up. That's fine, but I think Iowa needs to do that, and they have. Um, I
2: just don't. I don't think they have the the guys to play on the ball defensively on the perimeter to be able to play consistent man to man defense. Nope,
1: they do not, and it's not going to happen. We'll obviously talk a lot more about basketball as the Big Ten season gets here and unfolds, but, uh, I think we've covered a lot of the high points. Um, this week, anything else you want to add before we, uh, go?
2: No, not really. Just hoping that I get in and out of New York City without any, uh, any hassle. Um, Supposed to be some some snow there next week. I I leave uh, December 26th in the morning and I'm back in, the, in Cedar Rapids the 28th. Um, I'm hoping that goes to goes to plan, but we will have uh, you'll you'll be doing your coverage from uh, from uh, the home office and I will be doing coverage from Yankee Stadium. So. People, uh, I think I think a lot of people are going to be missing this game, John, in terms of traveling mm-hmm. based on the ticket sales we, we saw. So people looking for, for coverage of that game, we're, we're going to have you covered on Hawkeye Nation. We will
1: indeed. And are you staying with any friends while you're in the town?
2: No, I'm staying. It's so quick. I get in the day before the game. I'm staying at the media hotel, splitting a room with Todd Camp a voice of the Hawkeyes, going to the game, then going taking the train back out to JFK, staying in a hotel out there, and then I'm out of town.
1: That's not bad. Be safe, all right? I will do. All right, you all be safe out there as well. And as always, thanks for listening to the HN Podcast.